T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Texans made some moves on the coaching staff. We'll get back to the Super Bowl a little later on this segment. Um, as I would say, I don't want to say as forecasted, but I think he was probably the favorite in the clubhouse at the start of this process with a late run from Cliff Kingsbury on Friday or Saturday this weekend. Uh, Bobby Slowick is going to be the offensive coordinator for the Texans, the former passing game coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, young guy, smart guy, worked with D'Amico Ryan, so D'Amico knows him a little bit from uh, from San Francisco. And I guess most importantly, Seth, your wishes of starting a uh, southern branch of Kubshanistan University have come to fruition. Yes. There will not yes. be yes. there will not be an air raid offense in Houston with Cliff Kingsbury. That was a thing this weekend. The Kingsbury. It was a big thing because. Uh, it was a little confusing. There was never a real – I mean, there were some reports that Cliff Kingsbury was talking to the Texans about the OC position. There were others that were saying that it was just unspecified what he was talking to them about. I think that there's a very good chance that this was just an exploratory conversation between the two parties because Kingsbury's got five years guaranteed left on his contract. <laughs> he just got back from Thailand. I, I think that – I think there still might be a chance for Kingsbury to end up on staff. But I, uh, you know, I was pretty anti Cliff Kingsbury as offensive coordinator, which I was surprised. I got a lot of blowback from that. And, uh, you know, it, with a lot of arguments that made sense for people that like Cliff Kingsbury and, you know, want to say that Kyler Murray was the problem out there in Arizona, not Cliff Kingsbury. The truth, of, the fact of the matter is, there's two things in my mind. One is that Kingsbury's offense didn't really progress to an NFL-level offense. Now, they had some success at times because they, he, he got talented people in position to make plays. But over the course of a season, it became very predictable. I, I talked to defensive backs that would just say that this, this is a college offense in a lot of ways. So by the second half of the season, you, got, you, got to figure, you can figure out what they're doing. I think that Kingsbury needs some time actually working for an actual NFL offensive 
coach or coordinator. Um, and so it might be good for him to be a consultant or to go in and be a quarterback's coach or something somewhere if he wants to stay in the NFL. But the other side of it is, aside from whether or not you think Cliff Kingsbury is a good NFL offensive coordinator, his offense is very unique by NFL standards. And if, if for some reason some team was dumb enough, and we know teams are dumb, to hire Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach again, I mean, who would have thought he would have gotten a job the first time around with the Cardinals after being an awful head coach at Texas Tech? Yep. Um, it would have been hard to replace Cliff Kingsbury and have – you'd have to have a different offensive coordinator come in who used different terminology, who did different schemes, all this stuff with a potentially young quarterback. Where now, if Slowick gets – plunked you know to pick to be a head coach somewhere in a couple years it's very very easy to find guys that are versed in that system a lot of the same concepts the same terminology all of that and you don't have to start from scratch with whoever your quarterback is yeah that that's the one of the first things I thought of I look anytime Cliff Kingsbury's up for a job the first thing that pops into my head is do we even know if he's a good coach like, what proof do we have that he's a good football coach? Like, even I think he's a he's a really good offensive coordinator in college. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, he's one as far as head coach. I mean, the head coach stuff doesn't bother me as much because we're not hiring him to be a head coach. So, okay, he's had one winning season in his last seven seasons as a head coach. It's it's absurd. Um, he's not a good head coach. He just flat out isn't. But his offenses weren't weren't. Uh, con, um, they weren't consistently good in Arizona. They had some nice stretches, but they weren't consistently good. Yeah, and they threw a ton of resources at it, too. I mean, they, they made yep. trades. They got Hopkins. They used a lot of draft capital on weapons. They used a number one overall pick on a wide res- or on a quarterback that they thought was the ideal fit for what Kingsbury wanted to do, and he was never higher than middle of the pack in, 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 uh, in, in offensive efficiency. So that's it, Kingsbury's not our problem. He's not coming here, but I – the, the other thing I thought of, Seth, with him leads us into Slowick in this staff, which is I thought you've done a really good job of laying this out over the last couple of weeks and what you just said, how important it is with this offensive system to have something that is that if you lose coaches is plug and play and there's a big pool of candidates to go pick from where you can plug them in and keep going, especially if you're drafting a young quarterback which leads us into the other hire that's been reported. None of this has been announced by the team yet. We should point out these are just reports from national media. Uh, Gerard Johnson is going to be the quarterback's coach for the uh, for the Texans. He spent some time with Minnesota last year. He spent some time with the Colts prior to that. He's been a, an assistant quarterback's coach. He's been a uh, an offensive, I believe, like a quality control coach. He did spend time with D'Amico as an intern in San Francisco. They were on the same staff. Um, and I guess maybe possibly most importantly, depending on what the Texans choose to do in the draft, he has spent time around Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud at the Elite 11 camps back in ah, the day. So yeah. he's got a bit, yeah. of, bit of history with both guys when they were uh, much younger, I would say. Gerard's resume is a really interesting one because he's played all over the place. Um, he's coached in different capacities as a private coach, as a, you know, in the NFL – um, he did an internship or a fellowship with the 49ers a few years ago. He obviously last year with Minnesota last year was in a Kubshanistani system. Mm-hmm. So he he understands a lot of that. I just know him for, just from the little bit I know of him just personally meeting him when he was doing Sports Radio 610 hits back in the day in the offseason. I always really enjoyed talking to him and asking him questions and everything. Yep. So I'm, um, I'm happy to see that he's going to be involved uh, Clint Kubiak, 
the more the more seasoned of the K-named Kubiaks. <laughs> um, it's hard to keep them straight. Clint Kubiak is going to be the Texans' run. I don't know that that's finalized. They got, that's that pro football talk, so I don't know. Okay. Pro, well, pro football talk had McLean's report that they're working on getting him in. McLean posted it and then posted a tweet immediately oh. after saying, I'm an idiot. It's not finalized oh, really? yet. Yes, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. All yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So pro I just fo- went and ran. I saw the first one and ran with it. Yeah, okay. pro, pro football talk. Uh, McLean, yeah. McLean posted about it and then immediately tweeted afterwards that uh, that he's an idiot. That McLean's an idiot, not Clint Kubiak. Um, the, well, because sorry. He, yeah. You don't need to apologize to me, John, or Seth. Apologize to Clint Kubiak. Well, I feel like a bigger idiot because this is like 15 hours old now, and I just uh, I just went with the first one and kind of forgot about it. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll learn more about Clint Kubiak later. That's all, all right. right. Be fun. We remedied it. It's all good. <laughs> uh, the other things that happened, I think these happened since we were last on the air. It's with this Super Bowl yesterday. It feels like it's been like a week since we've been on the air. Frank Ross is staying as as a special teams coordinator. I can't remember if that was uh, something that we brought to air on Friday or if that was just. Uh, if that, ben, you have a look on your face right now. What's the look on I'm your trying face? to think. I'm like, I think so. Oh, okay. Gotcha. You think so what? Uh, I think we mentioned it. We did? Okay. Uh, was, was Matt Burke the new DC when we were on the air on Friday? Have we talked about that on the air yet? Matt Burke being yeah. the defensive? We have? Okay. Just Didn't making we? sure. I, I, I don't, don't remember. I don't it's remember. All blur. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Matt Burke is the new defensive coordinator, former defensive line. We did because we talked about J.J. Watt liking Matt Burke and all those things. So, yes, we talked about those. So my point with all this is the staff is coming together. They've got both coordinators, all three coordinators, if you uh, throw special teams in there as well. Um, so, so far, so good. We'll see how it goes once uh, training camp arrives. Um, Seth, as you know. Oh, and Pep Hamilton, did you mention that Pep Hamilton was officially like a, No, no. I get that report wrong, too. Do I have to go back and like relook at all the, the tweets that I favorited from I- various – Media people? No, I feel okay. like people are just going to assume Pep Hamilton's I, I understand that D'Amico Ryans has no interest in the Texans' job. Was that Did that report turn out to be erroneous That was, well? that was that? incorrect, yeah. Over oh, the course okay, of the next yeah. couple of weeks, he actually got hired okay. by the Texans, yeah. Gosh, you don't say. Okay, see, I just I saw the first report. I know. And I just figured, like, oh, okay. Yeah. It happens. No, no chance at D'Amico Ryans, I suppose. Right, okay. right, right. No, the proof is you've got it. Yeah, you, you can never believe the first report, evidently. Um, Josh McCown. Reports were this time last year that he was in line to be the next head coach, literally like a year ago last week, um, in line to be the next Texans head coach. Didn't get the job. Lovey Smith got the job. The season went how it went in 2022, and yada, yada, yada. D'Amico Ryans is the head coach now, so I'm fine with everything. But Josh McCown got a job, Seth. He got a job over the weekend. He is uh, He's joining your former head coach, Dom Capers. Both of them got jobs with the Carolina Panthers over the weekend, Capers as a consultant and Josh McCown as a quarterbacks coach. Here's Ian Rappaport on that bit of news. Two really interesting hires last night for the Carolina Panthers. First of all, a reunion. The first head coach in Carolina Panthers history, Dom Capers, has returned to the Panthers as a senior defensive assistant. This is actually a really important hire. Giro Evero and Capers are close. They worked together in Denver last year. A young, up-and-coming, really bright Defensive coordinator. Uh, now we'll have a veteran voice to lean on again, as he did last year. Important hire there for the Panthers. And then Josh McCown, but a 17-year career with, I don't know, basically about every other team. <laughs> he finally enters the coaching world. Sources say he is going to be the QB coach 
Frank Reich. Now, they have not yet hired an offensive coordinator. We'll see if that happens after the Super Bowl. I would expect it would. But Josh McCown, after rumors for years and years, finally enters the coaching world. <laughs> Wait, where am I? Who is this guy? Yeah, the quarterback's coach. That's who this, this guy is. This is the weirdest. I'm not faulting Ian Rappaport for it. This, it, it reflected the weirdness of the situation. I, I don't know if I've ever seen this much speculation about some random backup quarterback who's enter, who when is he going to enter the coaching profession, largely fueled by the Texans uh, considering making him the head coach at one point. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's just been – there have been articles and st- stories and rumors about Josh McCown for going on over three seasons now about when – because remember um, – was it the Eagles that had considered, hey, maybe we'll hire him as offensive coordinator right out of right out of the playing ranks? Sounds right. There, yeah. You know, so there's been speculation about him entering the coaching profession for a long, long time. I would imagine he'll be an offensive coordinator at some point relative. I think the the offensive coordinator position for the Panthers right now is vacant. So I'm guessing Reich will act as the offensive coordinator, yeah. but maybe with an eye towards McCown taking over. For maybe, him. maybe. Yeah. Ijero Ivero, that's um, you know, that's a good move by Ivero. Like I, I could see some young coordinators maybe being insecure about that. Like, okay, great, Capers helped me out last year in Denver, and now he's coming to help me out in Carolina. Um, but I, I think it's a really smart thing for him or and or they to do. Yeah, I think especially if he's going to be a head coach someday, because what do people say about young head coaches? Good to have some experience on the staff. I think it shows that he's secure, he's comfortable in his own skin. You know what I mean? He's not afraid to. To get help if he needs it. It is, um, you know, there, a lot of times the nepotism gets bad with NFL coaching and guys that really aren't qualified, you know, bring in their buddies to be assistants. But you do have to strike a fine balance between the fact that trust is actually a big issue. Like, trust matters. And, and a lot of times, the closer you can get to it being like a family business, but it, the good kind of family business the better, yeah, and, and that includes having, you know, if you're, if you're taking over the family cabinetry shop, it's nice to have your dad around for advice, and, it, and I think with, with this, that's like with Evero, he's got his dad around for advice. I don't know who, who, um, who D'Amico's father that he could keep around for advice be. Mm. I mean, some people forget that D'Amico wasn't actually here with Kubiak. That um, if you brought Kubiak in, it would be it would be a good elder advisor, but it's not going to be like D'Amico, you know, a guy that he knew from previous in his career. Oh, okay. D'Amico was D'Amico. What do you mean D'Amico wasn't here with Kubiak? Uh, excuse me, with uh, uh, Capers. Never mind. Oh, he was, gotcha. Yeah, he was gotcha. here. He's here at Kubiak's first year. Never mind. Uh, yeah, we're good. He, yeah, he was. No, I just, yeah, that just. That, I think some people get confused by the fact that the first five years of his career were actually here with Kubiak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got nervous for a second. <laughs> no, I had Capers in my brain, yeah. and I was thinking about Capers not having uh, been here with with uh, D'Amico. I don't know who it would be because D'Amico. It's not like. It's not like D'Amico played for maybe Wade Phillips. I don't know, but even Wade Wade ended up well, being Wade the catalyst to trade him. Yeah, Wade yeah. Traded his ass. I'm yeah. just trying to think who an experienced person on the staff. Like, I really don't want him bringing well, Johnny in Holland, Frank Bush. Yeah, Johnny Holland's one who's been mentioned actually. Yeah, Johnny Holland was a linebackers coach, yep. and he's still the linebackers coach. But now, I mean, I guess the 49ers could just block that interview right. because they wouldn't be hiring Johnny. Which, by the way. Um, that's the other part about the Matt Burke hire. Matt Burke, uh, who's hired to be the defensive coordinator, I, I wonder if this is a little bit of a Tim Kelly-type situation for now where, yes, Matt Burke will be the defensive coordinator. I, I, think, I think there's a very good chance that D'Amico is calling plays 
for the first year or so. Good. Um, but because uh, Matt Burke wouldn't probably have been allowed to interview if he were just to come over as a defensive line coach. Okay. But I think, uh, but I think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Burke is the defensive coordinator slash defensive line coach there this you go. year. And then maybe gets elevated. But he is, by all accounts, he's a super bright guy. Yeah. Uh, he's just, he hasn't necessarily. He hasn't been awesome as a defensive coordinator. He had two years in Miami. Um, we know that uh, we just got done talking about one finalist for the Texans' job last year. It was Josh McCown. Another guy who made it pretty deep into the process last year and made it into the inter- interview cycle this year, really all three years that the Texans have been looking for a coach, is Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, who is, to put it mildly, taking some today up in Philadelphia. Angelo Cataldi is the host. He's in his last week of radio this week he's retiring at the end of the week um legendary host up there we've played his audio um on this show before he's been immortalized by a hotkey um where he's ah! and there you go um here was angelo cataldi this morning he laid out all the things they're going to blame on the show today for on their show today up in on wip our sister station in philadelphia all the oh, things good. and people they're going to blame they're going to blame the turf <laughs> They're going to blame the refs. They're going to blame, despite a brilliant game, he said, they're going to blame Jalen Hurts for the fumble. That was a big play in that game in the first half. But who is the number one person you're going to blame, Angelo Cataldi? Number one we're going to rip is the defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Nick Sirianni, a couple of weeks ago, called this radio program and started reeling off the brilliance of Jonathan Gannon's defense this year. I will predict, he's not booked to be on today, uh-huh. I will predict he will not be doing that again in the foreseeable future. Rhea, you saw that, right? Yeah. Were you pulling your hair out in the fourth quarter yeah. as you watched the Chiefs own the Eagles coaching staff? The coaching in the second half of that game was a determining factor, and it began with Jonathan Gannon. There was no question about it. He was owned by Andy Reid. I owned. Ah, would you see it differently? No, I, I, I said it looked like Andy Reid took him over his knee and spanked him at the 50-yard line yeah. the whole second half. What the hell was going on with our defensive strategy? There was was there any? No, Andy was just, there any? Andy picked it apart. Oh, my goodness. We gotta get we, we gotta get Cataldi on the show next week. Yeah, we do. No, we have to have him with a, a guest appearance, maybe yeah. like a regular guest appearance. Yes, I'm sure. He's gonna look a little for a little scratch, you know, to, to, to wager on golf games. And sure, yes, Canasta, absolutely. I think um, it really was. I mean, if you looked at the first half and what the Chiefs were doing with a lot of pre-snap motion, they were kind of. Probing with Kelsey, probing while scoring points with Kelsey mm-hmm. too. Um, but Kelsey, I and, and you almost—it was almost scripted, Sean. Um, second half, Kelsey wasn't nearly as active because what happens? It's the this is the whole. Whenever people say like, "Well, you gotta bracket Kelsey," you gotta bracket Kel. Just double team him, triple team, whatever. Okay. So then Juju Smith-Schuster has four catches right. on the touchdown drive. Right. You know, and they. So what the Chiefs were doing in the first half was a lot of this pre-snap motion, which is really just trying to figure out how the Eagles are going to respond to it. And then you saw in the second half where they would start on the jet sweep motion and then just all of a sudden Dude. yank it back the other way and guys would be wide open. Um, Reed was Reed and Mahomes were just brilliant in that game. And, and doing this, this is at the end of the day, it comes down to this. The Eagles linebackers are a liability. 
and just like great coaches do, they figure out a way to exploit your liabilities. And the, the Eagles, Gannon was doing some things to try, to try to disguise that. Reed figured out what it was, and then they just exploited the hell out of the liabilities that are the Eagles linebackers. They schemed, Seth, those two touchdowns down near the goal line, it was yeah. the same play, just to opposite sides with different receivers. It was Kadarius Toney on the first one, and then uh, at Sky Moore, I believe, on the second one, there was there was nobody in the same area code as those guys. Yeah. Like it was crazy. Yeah, yeah they. Um, it was. It was a. It was a just a great. This is a great example too of where the playoff experience comes in. There's zero panic on the part of Kansas City. I think Mahomes on one leg was hobbling around and keeping everybody going. And the the pep talks. You know, the pep talk itself is a, is a bit overrated sometimes, but I don't think in those circumstances, just because there does need to be that, that mentality of like, okay, hey, we've been here before, we can do this. And, and I think you, you, that's what you have now with the Chiefs. I think, the, I think that, unfortunately, because the end was so anticlimactic, it was lost a little bit just how scary the Eagles' offense was in that game. I mean, the, the Eagles' defense falling apart, in the second half was the big story because the Chiefs won. But, I mean, if the, if the Chiefs had had to settle for a field goal there, if there hadn't been a Bradbury holding on that final drive, I, that, the Eagles had just shown how they could hit you with a quick strike. Yep. And that would have been a very, very, very uh, interesting finish there. No doubt. We were deprived of that. And that was third down, too, if I'm not mistaken, that penalty. It was. It was yeah. third and four, third and five. Yeah. I, don't, I think at that point you got to kick the field goal. Except, except... Even on that last field goal to win the game, the turf was so bad yep. that there was a lot more drama with the short field goals than you might think. I it mean, there was. Was, there, there was the kick, and the, the one kickoff in that game, the kicker lost his footing. Yep. Um, he missed the early one. Guys were slipping and sliding all over the place because the NFL, it's like the one thing they can't figure out is that the, <laughs> the, the time to experiment with the, the turf is not the last game of the year every year, and that's what they do No, every single year. They're blaming that paint that's on the field. I'm like, they're slipping everywhere, not just on they're the slipping. paint. Yeah, It happens all the time. I don't. People have like collective amnesia about it. It drives me insane. It happens every year that there's a, a natural turf surface. They grow, this, they grow this special field for like two years at an off-site facility. They bring it in. It looks beautiful to begin with. And then it all gets torn to hell. Yeah. And it happens every damn year. They, at the end of it, Sean, I sent it to you. The, there's like an awesome little documentary about how much effort and time and money they put into the field this year at the beginning. Yeah. And it's awful. Failure. All right. If you're a turf farmer, never agree to uh, – don't take that blood money. No. Don't take that blood money. Your reputation no. is on the line. Depends it's going to look much. awful on national television. Depends on how much it is. <laughs> 800000 is what okay. it was. Uh, yeah, that's not worth it to I don't know what sacrifice your are. reputation. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Reaction Monday. Let's circle back to the game itself in the Super Bowl. If you fall into a certain category of NFL fan, um, then Patrick Mahomes just became your best friend. We will tell you why. Next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.